Welcome to Brothers King Media, where we view eternity through the lens of art. My name is Samuel. And I'm Solly. And welcome back to um, the second time around of our new edition here. And um, Solomon, I looked at one of our videos on YouTube, and we had four whole views. One of ours? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I we're moving up in the world. I don't know if it was just me watching it four times, or if someone actually went and watched it of their own free will. But we had four views. Four views, man. <laughs> Hey, we're moving up in the world, bro. Yes. Maybe, hey. Maybe you can start advertising. Maybe. Hey, guys, we got four whole views, man. Go I mean, watch it. Just yeah. start putting the link on your yeah. on your pages. All right. So let's go ahead and jump right in here. Um, with the uh, Christian billboard, what's number one? Our first segment. Well, what's number one? Uh, still Lauren Daigle. But we're going to move on to what's number two. Yes, because she charts 34, on the charts for 34 weeks. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know how much longer she's going to be there. So It was 34 weeks last week. So it's, No, it's 34 weeks this week. Oh, was it? So, regardless, um, we're going to go ahead and move on to number two on the billboards. Which for is... King and Country. For King and Country, God, God Only, only knows. knows. Um great song yeah god only knows <laughs> <laughs> i'm really hoping this is like um a slight renaissance in uh, christian pop music because that's two songs in a row now yeah that are actually interesting right that aren't just um a generic worship song i appreciate that not that we don't appreciate generic worship songs but just, there's a time and place there's right? a time and place that's what I Sunday just, morning is for. <laughs> I just, I like seeing, it. this feels like almost a throwback. This feel, song feels like something DC Talk would have done back in the 90s, yeah. honestly. I could actually hear Mike Tate singing it. Couldn't she though? And like Kevin Max backing him up. <laughs> yeah, I could. <laughs> I could totally hear it. And then you it. got like Toby Mac like, God only know, God only know. No, he wouldn't, <laughs> do, he wouldn't do that. Like latter day DC Talk, he would just be whispering. That's what he would do in one yeah. time. Yeah. Like, that's his line, man. <laughs> just, hey, you just say this every third clap, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, I say the 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 MC, Toby Mac, would have been like 93, which yeah. thankfully yeah. they walked away from. Dude, God only knows. Uh, that's <laughs> <hurts>. <laughs> Their very first album, man. Oh, man, that, that hurts. It didn't oh, exist. Let's just pretend that never happened. <laughs> um. So oh this song reminds me a lot of, and I I hate to say this, but if you paid attention at all to pop music the past year or two, it's been very similar to this. Right. Um, kind of a, a dreary pop um, that's almost like a dubstep, but very minor key, very sad sounding. Right. Um, I think uh, one of the gals' name that's been going through, uh, what's her name, Ship or... Uh, I can't remember it now. I can't remember. Darn it. I don't know who you're I should have done my research. But there's been several artists, like the past year or two, that have all done a similar style to this. Mm -hmm. Um, The big difference here is obviously they, um, rather than singing about just heartbreak or singing about, um, you know, vague issues... Um, at least in the music video, they make it very clear they're singing about, you know, don't commit suicide. Yeah. 
which See, like, like, I appreciate. Yeah, it's just another one of those songs where the only reason why it's on the Christian station, I feel like, is because it says God only knows. Well, the reason which, why it's on the Christian station is because it's for King Country, right? We're on a Christian right. record label, right? Well, that I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, it's one of those things that gets classified as Christian because they don't, they don't understand, like. I mean, yeah, God only knows, but like that's just a term everyone uses. Is like God only knows, man. But even at that, like if you took it on a deeper theological level, even that's not bad. Of only God knows what you've been going through, the the facade you've been putting on for other people, yeah. etc. Right. Like that is some good stuff. It's, um, like I said, this feels like a little bit of a renaissance, but at the same time, it's not particularly deep. It's still pretty surface level. Um, it's nothing we haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. It's uh, nothing groundbreaking or making Which, my brain hey, think. Hey, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's good music. It doesn't have to make you think to be good music. And also, you know, imitation is the best form of flattery, and we think that it kind of imitates a little bit of uh, DC talk. So, <laughs> hey, there you. I just I would love to like. Here's some latter day. I, I promise if DC Talk, um, I don't know them in their current age, but back in their prime when they were 30, if they had like kind of copied today's modern pop music, they would actually be thriving. Like I could just hear right. them doing I could so see well. That they'd still be doing so well. Like, I mean, what what's going on now? I mean, because like we've got Kevin Max who's like, like just doing his rock, own thing. Little little rock thing. Uh, he's doing a lot of new wave lately. Is it new wave? A lot of eighties yeah. techno. Well, then you've got you know Michael Tate, who's straight up pop, pop, pop. Then you've got um, uh, Toby Mac, who's kind of getting into a little bit more of the slow, slow R. Yeah, and like I his last like, album is very. It's much. It's more mature. Yeah, way more mature. Like, yeah. hey, Toby Mac finally grew up at 50. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he ain't trying to be gangsta no more. Yeah, he's you just know? like, I'm, I'm being my own age. He's like, I, yep. He's like, I can't play basketball. <laughs> yeah. And I most certainly do not like watermelon. <laughs> so, uh, that's, um, that's the song that's at number two, um. And I know I'm briefly mentioned, but great music video. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was a good music video. Um, so I am I am all for uh, this trend. I hope it continues, and we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Go watch the music video, guys. God only knows for King Country. All right, let's move on to uh, topic number two. Whatever yeah. happened to those guys? Yeah. Whatever I'm happened? Not sure. Who uh, are we talking about? Uh, Solomon. Whatever happened to Jars of Clay? Oh gosh. Uh, let's see. I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was like, what's his name, Steve? Steve's, no, it's, uh, the lead guitar player. What's his name? Yeah, Steve Mason. Is it Steve Mason? Yeah, he's got that barbershop going. Okay, I mean, let's back up a little bit. Jars of Clay hasn't made an album since 2013. Oh, yeah. That album got virtually no play on Christian Radio. Um, it was, it wasn't, like, there was well, nothing particularly I mean, it wasn't secular really, about it. Yeah, but, but it wasn't nothing particularly Christian either. Christian either. It was it a was, very just indie rock It was rock very album. just indie rock, yeah, exactly. It was a great album. It was a, but, yeah, fantastic. But uh, it was just indie rock. They yeah. weren't trying to do anything, which I appreciated. Yeah, and, I mean, they they were just like, oh, you know. Let's just make a song for us. Right. Um, which really, if you listen to their other albums, they have a lot of those flavors of kind of 
indie rock singing about relationships. Yeah, they do. But they've always had, like, the token single that got on Christian radio. Right. And like, this one didn't really have that. Like, like work, even. Yeah. Work is, like, they say, oh, work, oh, that's one of the biggest. I mean, that and Flood. Flood, they're the biggest Christian hits of the 90s or whatever. But this is the thing. is like, they don't even really talk about God. Like, um, yeah, uh, you know, Flood is like, you know, if I can't swim after 40 days. And it's like, oh, Noah! You know, we're going to throw Which this on Christian Apparently Christian it has nothing to do it with Noah. It has nothing to do with Noah. He's <laughs> it's like, just a general just, metaphor for general God. Metaphor. Help me. <laughs> They're like, I need help because I'm not going to be able to keep doing this by myself. And it's not even necessarily for God. Yeah. It's, it's like, just, I need someone yeah. stronger than me to help me. Or somebody that's equally as strong as me to carry the load a little bit. And, like, work is, like... That's really all about, about not all about not being isolated, and but like it, it's and also the whole, um, you know, it's the breathing that takes all the work. You know, it's not the fear of drowning; it's the breathing that takes the day to day life. Is yeah, it's day to day life, and like really, that song, it's not even like I said. Like I don't feel like it's really Christiany at all. I mean, it's got like it, it applies to everyone's life. But it's almost more, um, it's almost like more, when when you read Psalms, a lot of Psalms are David going, right. this really sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. this well, is hard. I could see I could see David saying, just in case, I'm going to leave my things packed so I can run away. Yeah, I know. Saul's right? still chasing me. <laughs> but, like, I could almost hear, it's it, like, or even if you want to go darker, um, even some of the Ecclesi- book Ecclesiastes. Right. 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 It's um, that kind of... I'm despairing, but there's still a hope greater than myself type songs. Correct. Which right. I like a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, like I said, though, is like a lot of these, I feel like a lot of these artists are just limited because of their label. Mm-hmm. That they're, you know, I mean, obviously labels limit you. Mm-hmm. That, that That's everybody's life. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're a pop artist, you're well, kind of limited. Right. If you're a country artist, you're kind of limited. Right. You're limited just so much. And... I just feel like for yeah, I mean, yeah, Georgia Clay got a little bit of secular popularity there, but little tiny bit. Um for just hot for, set, work, for really for work and work. It was, wasn't work. It, it was wasn't flood. work. Was it flood? Are flood. you serious? I knew it was one so, of the two. So here's how big flood was. Um do you know Sting, the lead singer of police? Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Um they toured with Sting. Oh, it's okay. like how big flood was. They <laughs> and they got it's funny now. But they got huge backlash for touring with secular artists back in the day. And I'm like, oh yeah, because we wouldn't want to hear godly Christian music at a secular place. Like, God forbid we play Christian music at Christian Bowling Night. (laughs) (laughs) Like... (laughs) Oh my goodness, why are we playing this music here? There are smokers in the other room. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So... I'm sorry, that's just great. <laughs> so, Jars of Clay has had a... Um, they've been the kings of Christian rock for... Sort of. Right. I mean, really, I think the best... If you want to make a secular comparison, they are R.E.M. Um, I know you don't listen to R.E.M. as much as me. I've listened to R.E.M. But a lot. I actually, I actually play the whole, like, like classic rock and uh, punk. I, like, I put that on my computer at work. Straight up, yes, I'm Christian. But I don't just listen to Christian music. I do set boundaries. 
Yeah. Like if if a song is really agitating my spirituality, I turn it off. Fair or enough. Or I skip it. But if it if I don't see nothing wrong with it, and the words are good, just like I, you know. These artists, they got picked by a secular label, right? Yeah. If they were picked by a Christian label, they'd be singing the same thing. Just saying. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a different variation. It wouldn't be as loud and they would not use distortion. But um, R.E.M. actually has a similar sound to Jars of Clay. If you listen to their mid-90s stuff, Out of Time and... um, Darn it, what's it? Automatic for the People. If you listen to those two albums, they sound like early Jars of Clay so much. And they had a similar trajectory. If, like, Jars of Clay is like a miniature um, version of, of, REM. of what R.E.M. did in, a, in 30 years. Right. So R.E.M.'s trajectory was really big underground group. Well, well so what, what REM, R.E.M. did in 30 years, Jars of Clay did in 40 days. Uh, yeah, but it doesn't. It's not as impressive as it sounds. No, no, my. Uh, I get you. Ta-da. Yeah, da-da. Ugh. Um, that didn't go over the way I wanted it to. So REM kind of started as like a cool little underground group. Then they hit the mainstream with an acoustic album, got huge, and then released some experimental albums. Had some radio airplay, but not really that much, and just kind of tapered off. I feel like Jars Clay did exactly that. They started only. They started in the middle of R.E.M.'s career, where they started off with a huge acoustic album, like it went double platinum. It was huge, um, but then what happened with Jars of Clay is their first album sold two million, their second album sold a million, their second out, al- their third album sold five hundred thousand. Oh boy! <laughs> and so they are like, it's kind of hard to say you're a success when each of your con- sec. Um, each of your, um, your albums album. sells half of the previous album. Yeah. And so our record labels were telling us we were failures. But we're just like, uh, <laughs> we, <we're>, hate you. <laughs> we were just doing the best we could, you know. And uh, by the time they kind of got to um, work, which is, um, darn it, I can't think of that album now. Um, Good Monster. Yeah. A pretty decent album. Um, by the time they got to Good Monster, they weren't doing huge record sales, but their singles were a bit was big. Right. And then by the time they got to their last album, I say all that to say, by the time they got to 2013, their last album, they weren't even doing singles anymore. They were just making an album for them, let it be what it is. We are like, yeah, we don't even care about our fans anymore. <laughs> I mean, I think they, they did, but they were just kind of done with... Trying to impress. Impress like, the machine. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, you know what, we're done with radio, we're done with the machine. Yeah. We're just going to make music for us and our hardcore fans, and that's it. Yeah. And that's what they did. And then they went down in that little valley and well played music with their 50 friends. <laughs> pretty much. Um, so, whatever happened to Jars of Clay, we've kind of given a brief history of Jars of Clay to talk about whatever happened to them. Well, after that last album, they went on tour and then just kind of said, you know what? We're, we're good. We um, have succeeded in life. Bless you. Thanks. There's uh, <coughs> no longer a need to keep trying. Um, and they they technically are still a band. Right. But there's they're, kind of a part-time yeah, band. They're on sabbatical. <laughs> well, not really, because they still do shows, but they're very periodic. Yeah, they're like, oh, guys, so, by the way, you know, we could do this show, you know, next Saturday. I don't know how you're all feeling about it. But. Pretty much. Dang. Um, and it's interesting because each one has like kind of found their own little job. So Dan Hasbeen, the lead singer, 
he um, runs Blood and Water, which is their their charity they started forever ago. Right. Clean Water for Africa. Yeah. Which I'm cool with. You yeah, know, whatever. Hey, why not? It's a yeah. non-profit. But... <laughs> yeah, he's been running it for... But they've been running since the middle of Jars of Clay's like, right. tenure. But he's like just... That's his thing now. Uh, Matt Odomark, um, one of the guitarists, mm-hmm. he's now producing albums. He does mastering we need for to find CDs. This guy. I know, right? Hey, Matt, will you uh, produce our album? And then Steve, he, um, like you said earlier, he is now a barber. Interestingly enough, he runs out of Grey Matter Studio, though. So, like, his barber shop is connected to Jars of Clay's personal studio. Huh. Um, and then... Oh, so is that where, uh... What's his name, Matt? Matt. Is that where he's like the producer? I'm assuming. Like it makes if you already, it would own, make your sense if studio, you already own your own studio, your own studio, you just produce out of your own. You studio. might as well just keep producing out of mix, especially mixing. You know, do it in the comfort of your own home, right? Right. I mean, that sounds yeah. <laughs> and then speaking of mixing, I found a real nice little uh, uh, multi mixer yeah. uh, for like fifty bucks. Huh. It's like a six channel, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> and then Charlie Lowell, um, he is now um, making music. He sort of formed his own band. What it is, is he just wrote a whole bunch of like instrumental stuff. Yeah. And then he has other artists come in and sing. Huh. So it's kind of like a collaborative project, which I find interesting. Yeah. I listened to it. It wasn't horrible. It was um, just kind of modern pop sounding. So that's what Jars of Clay is up to. Um, they're just kind of semi-retirement, just doing their own thing. Dan Hazeltine's enjoying the cooking. Yes. Um, well, they so they actually released a video on YouTube. Um, well, anyhow, you can find it on YouTube. It's their um, If I Left the Zoo 20th anniversary. They released it in February. And they just played the whole entire album of If I Left the Zoo straight from beginning to end. And um, it's pretty cool to hear it live, actually. And, um, yeah, as you said, you know, Dan gained a little weight. Yeah. Bless his heart. Hey, he's, what he's, you going to do? Yeah, you're enjoying your wife's cooking. What can you do? Hey, make your wife happy. You know? <laughs> um, so they're just kind of enjoying their lives, I guess. I mean, probably raising their kids, you know. Like, I, listen, the band isn't over. You are taking over. Okay? <laughs> and you will be as good as we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jars of Clay, Mach 2. It's all their children. No, dude, that would be lit. <laughs> that would be something. I mean, it would never be the same. I mean, but... no, it turns into like a southern gospel band called Potter's Clay or something. <laughs> it's like, no, what we raised you wrong. <laughs> we are a rock band. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> well... <laughs> Jars of Clay, they were always labeled a rock band, and yet but they, they never rocked. <laughs> well, alternative pop was yeah. their better term. I mean, technically, for the nineties, the nineties were much rockier than yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, technically, for the nineties, you know, uh, what's it called? Flood was okay for a rock song. But, like, later on for work, that's apparently only alternative. It's yeah. not, like, rock. 
Well, I think the thing is, if you listen to their entire discography, even listen to Good Monster, their quote-unquote rock album. Yeah. It's not a rock album. It's not album. even a rock album. There's I mean, two rock songs. Three, if you... Okay, technically three rock songs. Like, d- distorted guitar, heavy bass, rock songs. Right. And the rest is, like, an alternative country album. A good alternative country album. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's not a rock album. Um, so I say all that to say, Jars of Clay was never a rock band, per se, but they were always a great alternative band. Which is true. Which is true. And, I don't know, maybe they will decide, deem it worthy to make new music in the future. Maybe they'll just, um, every, you know, three years or so, they'll just do the 20th anniversary of the next album in line, and right. that's, that's the rest of their career. I don't know um, what they have planned. Yeah, who knows? It's George Clay. I'm, uh, I'm glad they're still... Apparently, I was listening to an interview with Steve Mason, and he said um, how now that they're all not touring, they spend more time together than they ever did when they were touring. <laughs> because when they were touring, it would just be... Oh, oh man, we got technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. We're just... As Solomon said, we're just going to keep this all uncut... Because Untamed and uncut. You gotta pull this right here. There's that little lever. Oh, there we go. And then you like have to push it in, and you have to pop it. There it is. Okay. A few moments later. <laughs> uh, so, I have no idea what I was gonna say. You said spending time together. Oh yeah, they're uh, spending much more time together apparently because when they were on tour, it would be like, you know, concert bus sleep concert bus sleep now they all actually get to do stuff together because that he you know does the barbershop thing out of the studio and charlie and matt are over there you know recording their music or whatever so they all just hang out together now and just chill as friends good for them and now on to our last segment of the night um what was it random random oh topic. yeah random topic <laughs> random topic Oh so, my goodness. Random topic for tonight. Um, I was kind of debating which one to go with. Um, I think I want to make this one a little bit shorter though, so I'll go with my first option. Is um, Christian music almost dead? And what I mean by that, I don't mean creativity and stuff, whatever. Um, Christian market has always been accused of being lacking creativity, which I wholeheartedly disagree with. But it's always had that accusation, right? Right. What I mean... Do you actually wholeheartedly disagree with that? I mean, for ev- Okay, here's my argument. Um, in fact, we could almost make this its own topic. Right. Of, um, but what I mean by that is Christian music is no different than any other genre. For every Amy Grant you have, um, there is... A poor old Lou in the 77s. Mm, yeah. Just like in pop music, for every Taylor Swift you have, you still have underground bands like the Smiths. I know that's old, but. Oh, yeah. Um, or even, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, another more underground band, 21 Pilots. Yeah. But what I mean is, yeah, for every I mean, I one huge group or artist, there is two other underground artists that are way. Yeah, I'd creative. say about fifteen, 
But you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's been the same way in the Christian market, right? Right. For every uh, Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, there's other artists that are super talented and super creative. They just don't get as much attention. Right. Like Rich Mullins. Yeah. Rich Mullins. And he got attention. He did get attention. But he deserved so much more. He did deserve so much more. Like, like... He didn't get as much attention as Amy Grant and uh, Michael, Michael W. Smith. Smith. And he, he, and he deserved by it. far exceeded expectations that yeah. they never met. Like, just impure creative, creativity. His lyricism was amazing. Right. But neither here nor there. Um, and his I, music. Yeah, oh his yeah. His music was very creative. Which, that was more his producer. But right. We're going to actually, another time we'll do a topic on did they deserve better. And just pick our artists and fight. But neither here nor there. Right. Well, it's here and there. (laughs) I see what you did there. Um, But what I mean by the Christian music market dying is we've said repeatedly throughout the podcasts here or videos, whatever, that usually the only thing that makes a Christian artist Christian is their record label. Um, Generally speaking. I mean, yes, there is... Usually they're like, yes, I am Christian, I identify, whatever. But with the advent of music streaming and the record label slowly kind of dying, is it kind of going to be like I predicted uh, a few weeks ago where I said, what if it went praise and worship was its own genre? So Hill Song, Elevation Worship, Chris Tomlin... And then everyone else just had to float in the mainstream with whatever their genre is. Right. Yeah. Are we heading that direction? I would say as of right now, no, because we still have Lauren Day going for King Country. Yeah. Rocking the Christian charts. But is it a possibility in the next 20 years, Christian music as we know it is going to be gone? In the next 20 years? I would I would give it way sooner than that. Really? I, I give it maybe 10 years. Maybe. Think- I mean, because of the direction, I feel like because of the direction that this generation is going. Like, I hardly know any, um, I hardly know any, uh, kids in our youth group that don't listen to anything except for Hillsong, Elevation, Covenant, because that's what our church does, and you know that's what the youth group. That's play. what the youth groups play, and like so, I do feel like these songs aren't getting enough listening to. We're gonna have to put them out on their own because they're not making the station any money, and we're already going by you know yeah people's donations. So I feel like I feel like we've got a whole. It's a whole lot sooner coming. Um, than even 20 than years. Than even 20 years. Maybe 15, but I, I would really aim more towards the the 5 to 10 year mark. Before, before it's the just 15. nothing but praise and worship. Right. And then... I, just because, I mean, honestly, as my as myself, like, or, you know, as a teenager myself, I mean, I'm almost 20, but still. Just, well, you're not too far removed. I'm not too far removed. And the kids that are 12 years old now are listening to nothing but praise and worship in the church. And it used to be like when I was a kid. We used to, yeah. Well, when I was a kid, we listened to Five Iron Frenzy, right? Right, and and but, Switchfoot and, and, wasn't even like really Christian. They were more secular than they were Christian, and but, that was listened to more by your age group. Than my anyone, group doesn't even know what that is. Yeah, like who's Switchfoot? Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's like uh, you may be right. I don't, it's an interesting thought because 
when you look at the artists I grew up with, uh, DC Talk, uh, Switchfoot, Five Iron Frenzy, etc., those guys, they didn't do explicitly praise and worship music. Right. Um, even artists like Third Day didn't do praise and worship music till later in their careers, and they still would do their southern rock thing off and on. But if you noticed, if you noticed your age group, as your age group moved on, and then the next generation started listening to music. The music conformed to what they were into. Mm-hmm. So now, what what are what's that saying for our, you know, the future underneath me, like the twelve year olds that we got here in about three or four, shoot, twelve year olds in five, six six years they'll be you know legal adults, and all they listen to is the praise and worship, which isn't wrong. I'm not gonna. Say that they're wrong for listening to that, you know. Yeah, but, like, but I feel like it's also—it's not entirely their fault. It's also what the radio plays, right. what it, what lands in the Christian charts, and Christian music has this weird thing. Particularly since 2010, I noticed the trend, and after we got to like 2010 or so, that if it hasn't been produced in the past six months, we just don't play it. Right. It's like Christian music has developed amnesia. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, what? why can't we play? We have classic rock stations. We have disco stations. Why can't we play and promote Keith Green still? Right. Why right. can't What's we... What's wrong with that? Because like all his proceeds go to his wife. Why can't we you know? play and promote... Um, even old Michael W. Smith. Give me some 90s Michael W. Come Smith, on. you know? Come on. We all want to know what friends are. <laughs> yeah. Friends are friends forever when the Lord's <laughs> the Lord of them. I mean, um, even, you know, give me some... Uh, Rich Mullins barely even gets... Back. FFH. I mean, yeah. Like, we have 50 years of Christian music that just gets ignored. Right. Everything, and, and honestly, honestly, I'm just going to straight up say this. I feel like after... So many months of a song being out, it starts getting ignored. Yeah, that's I why feel like six months, I like... feel like we only live in the past six months with music. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm just saying that's with Christian music because I mean I've listened to secular radio and I'll be listening to a song by just let's just say by One Direction. Yeah, but which then, you haven't been in right? Who haven't been in for three years? Yeah. Exactly, and they're still played all the time. Yeah. And Adele's old songs are still played. You've got, like, pretty much anybody you can think of. Their old songs are still being played that are older than six months. And then... You still hear a Beatles song. But you still also hear... You know, and the same because it's pop. Because it's a pop station. You'll hear Mother Mary. Or what's it called? Let It Be. You'll hear Let It Be after you hear a 2018 song by a real hot pop artist. Yeah. Then you'll hear Let It Be by the Beatles. But you don't see that in Christian music. Mm-hmm. You don't see that in Christian music, and I feel like just a lot of it is because we we're trying to we're in survival I feel like, mode, right? I feel like yeah, we're in survival mode because all the churches are like, how are we going to keep this fresh for our students? Mm-hmm. You know, well, this is the newest song out. Okay, so that's the one that gets played constantly on YouTube because that's what all the choirs are listening to. That's what all the uh, music directors are doing. That's what all the musicians in the bands are listening to. So we've got, what, thousands upon thousands of Christian churches in the USA alone Mm -hmm. listening to these very, like, very specific specific 
covenant, you know, that very specific genre, and it leaves the Michael W. Smith out. I mean, because that's a Wednesday night song that, you know, the pastor's mom plays on Wednesday night. Yeah. And nobody else needs to know except the drummer, and it's okay because it's it's a drum, you know? I, I can follow her beat. She's good. Yeah. You know? I don't feel like it get. We just don't get the attention to the old stuff. We don't appreciate we, it. We yeah, we don't appreciate it. We we just don't remember. And it's um, one of the worst things you can do is forget stuff. Right. Um, like just there is so much. I was re, I was reading an article about it recently that was just talking about this very thing, and it's just um, it's it's really it's good and it's bad. It's good that these artists are getting a fair shake by non-Christians now. Right. Right, like, yeah. That's that's good. Yeah, you hear for King and & Country and Lauren Daigle. I hear them on secular radio all the time. So, like, that's good. They're getting a fair shake. And that is good. I, you know, I can appreciate that. But I also miss the days of, this was my music. You know, right. I, this was my music, not a lot of other people listen to it. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm old. Um, but... I just, they, it's, it's going to be sad if just Christian music as a genre dies because it produced some good stuff. It did. And um, it's still producing decent stuff, but the, you just don't hear the decent stuff on the radio as much. Right. But I feel like, and it's, it has a lot to do with usually what makes something Christian is it's record label and record labels are dying. But I feel like that would open, I feel like that would open a new uh, portal to the music industry if, if like, you know, um, if, you know, if you're not Christian, then you're just this independent, you know, I feel like that would open a new door because then we would be, then we would be exposed to more creative stuff mm -hmm. by other people, independent bands, which then I think that would just, that would just completely uh, put us into an entire new uh, just a a new century of music, essentially. Like, wow, you know, remember, like, like we're going to be able to say, remember the days when everything was on a label? Now, you know, everybody mm -hmm. is making music. You can just dial a station in and whatever's around is what's playing. Yeah, I mean... Which, I mean, that would be good I to mean, a point, but... I mean, Caleb is still a mammoth station. Right, it's, You right. know, you can't get away from it. Yeah. Um. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I hope you're not right that, you know, we still have a little bit longer, but you'll probably, I think, if nothing else, we'll see the death of the record label slowly, where the Christian record labels will pretty much not pick you up unless you're doing praise and worship. Right, right. Um, we but always then, that's have, the thing, though, is then it'd make it even harder for some of these, artists, some to of these artists to get exposure. Because, like, like, they're like, yeah, but, like, I'm, you know, I am very Christian. We are very Christian in what we say, but it's not praise and worship. It's more of life experience. Direct, you know, and the you know, secular labels are be you're too like, Christian. Whoa, you're too Christian, but then the Christians like, well, you're not worship enough. Yeah, like Reliant K have ever made it as big as they did if they hadn't been on Goatee. Right, right, right. Uh, Which was, you know, Goatee uh, Toby Max independent label. Yeah, um, like we still have Goatee Records. We still have um, Tooth and Nail Records. Like there's still the smaller record labels that have good names. Yeah, and. I hope maybe we can turn this around and um, get a uh, let the let the non mainstream praise and worship get their names out there. Right. And hey, 
like we all we need is a little more of this, you know, Lauren Daigle King and Country stuff going on. And I feel like we'll be okay. We'll get brought back to and the, the, and the record label's back. Oh, this is making us money again. Yeah, Let's... this is making us money. Covenant, you're off. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, where's Where's the next uh, Reliant K? You know? Right. Where's the next whatever? I mean, I would love to see a ska revival. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so that's our thoughts. If uh, anyone's listening out there, put in the comments what's some artists you miss hearing on the radio. Where uh, do you see Christian music going in the future? Um, and I know I, I try not to be like most uh, YouTube channels out there, but liking, subscribing, it does help us. It lets people hear what we have to say. And we just like having conversations with each other and with people out there. Right. So, um... Well, if, if you're ever bored and just want to hear some, like, really crazy thought, <laughs> just, just tune in, man. And, like, get your family. And, like... <laughs> We're pretty family friendly, you know? Yeah. Um, Just listen to us with your family. <laughs> Please. We're begging you. <laughs> also, though, we I like a good conversation. So um, feel free to join the conversation. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, we have an email. Yes. If you guys we, want to email. It's, what is it? BrothersKingMedia at Giggle.com or uh, Gmail.com. It's BrothersKingMusic. It's Zoho. At Zoho. Zoho. Z-O-H-O dot com. Yeah, BrothersKingMusic. All one word, lowercase, at Zoho, Z-O-H-O dot com, C-O-M. I regret choosing that domain now. I should yeah, probably switch was, to Gmail. Yeah, we just need to go back to <laughs> Gmail. It's a whole lot easier to use. Because, like, you tried sending me something. I, could, I was like, what the heck is this, man? <laughs> <laughs> All right guys, keep being uh, the keep being the glimpse of eternity. See ya. <laughs>